Welcome back to Texas Tech Health Check from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. We want you to get healthy and stay healthy with help from evidence-based advice from our physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers. As you make plans for the year ahead, don't forget to include making wellness check appointments with your primary care provider. Dr. Frank Babb, Texas Tech Physicians Family Medicine Doctor, says these quote-unquote annual checkups don't necessarily have to be done on a yearly basis. Dr. Babb also explains what primary care providers check when conducting a physical, why they order lab work and tests, and how you can prepare for your visit. He also tells us what are two things we can do right now to improve our health. Dr. Babb, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your expertise, and what you do at the Health Sciences Center? Yes, thank you for having me for this uh, podcast. I am a family physician, and I am a professor of family medicine here at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. And I am also the clerkship director for the School of Medicine for the Family Medicine Clerkship. Now, our topic... For this episode, we're trying to start off the year on a good, healthy, mindful kind of step. And we've asked you to talk about yearly physicals. Who should get yearly physicals? Okay, so, you know, you get the term annual physical exams. And uh, so I, I like to think of this more as a preventative or a wellness visit. Now, as children... You know, uh, our parents who have children, you know, we know that we take them to the doctor every single year. And a lot of those visits involve immunizations. Not so many of those will involve immunizations for adults, although there is an immunization that we do recommend every year for the flu. But to answer your question, the time that we actually are requiring an annual visit is age 65 and over. For our, our younger uh, adult patients, we, we think in the, in the age range of 30 and above, we should be evaluated every one to three years for a physical exam or an annual wellness exam. And for younger adults who, who are basically healthy and don't have any other medical concerns, basically ages 19 to the 29, we're looking at anywhere from two years to as up to five years, possibly. So the, the term annual physical exam is a bit of a misnomer for, for some patients. So what does a physician check for during these annual physical exams? So most of the time we're doing a, a physical exam or a wellness exam, a wellness visit. We are, are looking for the markers that can tell us if a patient is going to have trouble with certain disease processes. One of the things that everybody who's ever been to the doctor is familiar with is getting their blood pressure checked. We check everybody's blood pressure. So the recommendation is that we do that every two years, but we just do it all the time. And the reason is we're looking for a disease process called hypertension, and that's an elevated blood pressure. And if we find this elevated blood pressure, then we can start treating it 
sooner rather than later. And so that's why kind of the minimum is every two years. You, you know, even if you're healthy and every other way, we'd like to get a, at least a blood pressure check every two years. We're also looking for making sure that your immunizations are up to date, you know, like the Tdap vac- uh, vaccine. It's tetanus and diphtheria and pertussis. And, you know, we like to have that done every 10 years. And usually that winds up getting done in the emergency room when you, you know, fall off your ladder and gouge your leg. But we like to get those done on a regular basis ahead of time. Then we're also looking, as we age, we're looking for colorectal cancer. And that usually starts at age 50 for pretty much everybody, although the United States Preventative Services Task Force, which is what we as family medicine physicians follow, has what's called an A recommendation, that's age 50. B recommendation is age 45. So if there's some other concerns that a patient has or that you have for your patient, you may start your screening at an earlier age. But colorectal cancer screening is, is one of those important tests that we'd like to get done. And really, right now, we find that there are fewer patients doing that. COVID affected that pretty significantly. You know, everybody wanted to stay home. For uh, our female patients, you know, we do uh, cervical cancer screening. And that starts at age 21. And we do that every three years until a woman is about 30. And then when they get over 30, then we can spread that out to every three to five years, as long as we do the human papillomavirus co-testing for that patient. And so a lot of it is going to be, we're going to ask questions about health. We're going to ask questions about diet and exercise and how a patient is doing. We are going to perform a physical exam. You know, we're listening to heart and lungs and we're and we're trying to hear for abnormal sounds when we're doing those things. Uh, for the heart, we're, we're listening for the rhythm. We want to make sure it's a nice regular rhythm. You know, we listen for murmurs. That's extra sounds in the heart that may tell us something is going on with the heart that we need to look into. Uh, for lung sounds, we want to make sure patients are getting the air that they need all the way through their lung fields. We listen to their tummies. We kind of press to make sure they're not tender. Um, And if our questioning earlier gives us other concerns, we may perform a little bit more of a physical exam. And then we're going into the testing that we talked about. Now, some of those are blood tests. And some of those are, you know, I'm going to refer you to another doctor for, as I mentioned, the colorectal cancer screening. Now, there's actually other ways to screen for colorectal cancer. You can do a, a stool study that can be actually done at home. We, we send you a box. People have seen the commercial. And you collect a stool sample. You put it in the container provided, and you send it back. And this study can be done every three years. And it looks for, it's a DNA probe. And it looks for signs that there's cancer. If it's positive, then you're going to need the colonoscopy anyway. But for people that just don't want to go through the bother of preparing for a colonoscopy, this is, this is a way to avoid that. Um, and usually it's the preparation that people don't want to do. The colonoscopy itself is easy. 
You know, they give you some medicine, you fall asleep, and when you wake up, it's all done. Uh, it's just taking the bowel prep ahead of time that's no fun. You mentioned ordering blood work. Is there a set number of things that you look for when you order blood work, or can the patient ask for to be checked for something else? So there are some kind of standard labs that, that, that we can do. We don't have to do them every time, but as, especially if we're getting to know a patient, we don't know much about them. Uh, we may get a, a blood count, a CBC, a complete blood count, to see if there's anemia there in the patient. We may check what's called a comprehensive metabolic panel, which gives us indicators of kidney function and liver function. We may consider a thyroid study if the patient gives us concern that there may be some issues with their thyroid. And then we would like to check a cholesterol panel for our patients once they are 40 years old and older. And when we usually do that about every five years, it doesn't have to be done every year. You'll have some patients that will ask for that to be done. They may have some concern and it's not unreasonable to do so. Uh, if there's a pretty strong family history for heart disease in a patient, we may actually check a lipid panel earlier to look for what we call familial hyperlipidemia, uh, which may mean that we would need to treat a patient at a younger age than we normally would. And we would certainly talk about what we call therapeutic lifestyle changes or while I'm teaching my, my students, I like to call tender loving care. And that is, you know, let's talk about the food that you eat and let's talk about your activity level. We're looking for about 150 minutes of good activity, not just moving around, but really kind of getting your heart pumping, maybe having a little sweat, 150 minutes a week, which isn't that much, but some people need that kind of encouragement. And you know, we talk about the kind of things that we would like to see in their diet, and we'd like to avoid, you know, lots of processed foods. We like whole, real foods in, in our patients' diets and kind of avoid the carbonated beverages. There's nothing good you can say about carbonated beverages except we like the way they taste. What do you recommend people do before they go for their annual exam? So there's some things we'd like our patients to do before every doctor's visit, but especially an annual exam, bring all of your medicine that you take with you to the, to the doctor's visit and bring the records of what you've already done. If, if you've had some of these uh, tests done and you have those records, bring them with you. If you've had a colonoscopy and you have the result for that, please bring that. If you have your immunization record, please bring that. That will help us. What, are, what, what do you recommend that patients ask their physicians when they go for their exam? Sometimes we feel a little overwhelmed with everything going on, and we might forget what we want to ask. What are some good things to ask? So... When you're when you're sitting with your when, with your physician and you're and you're saying you're kind of running a blank, the first thing I would have my patients ask me is what can I do to improve my health? And 
what are some of the things that you would recommend that we do and, and what kind of schedule would we have? So hopefully we'll be talking to our patients about that, but sometimes you get, you kind of get carried away. And so if, if the patient has some, some concerns, uh, we'd like to hear those aired so that we'd like them to talk about that. But if they really don't have any concerns and we haven't said some of those things, then the patient needs to ask us, so what can I do to improve my health? And that will help trigger that conversation. Let's say a patient goes in for an exam, they come back and they're diagnosed with something. At that point, do you recommend that they get a second opinion? So uh, most often we don't need a, a second opinion. Now, there are, you know, some kind of catastrophic diagnoses that we will certainly have a patient follow up with another physician um, to confirm and to then talk about next steps of care. And most of those kind of conversations happen around cancer. And one of the things that we know is that patients who have been diagnosed with cancer and family physicians tend to be in the forefront of making those diagnoses because patients come to us first, is that patients need time to hear about that because it's a scary thing to, to consider. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to add? So I, I would say, you know, we've talked briefly about you know, some of the considerations for diet, some of the considerations for exercise. If patients want to live the healthiest life that they can live, they have to recognize that some of the things that we do as people adversely affect our health. And one of the things that we do as people that adversely affects our health the most is smoking cigarettes. So if a patient is smoking cigarettes, they need to talk to their physician about how can I quit this? Because if I have a patient who has heart disease and they smoke cigarettes and I want to start prescribing all the medicines to protect their heart, the thing that's going to make the biggest difference is not my medicines. It's going to be them not smoking. Well, Dr. Babb, thank you so much again for walking us through these wellness exams and for all of your advice. And we hope to have you again sometime. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure being here. Thanks for listening to Texas Tech Health Check. Make sure to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts so you won't miss our next episode. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Texas Tech Health Check is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center and produced by Tira Castillo, Susanna Cisneros, and me, Melissa Whitfield. <laughs>